All right, we're back with another episode. So I will get us started with a little bit of history. This one's kind of all over, but I did that to kind of fill it out. But on this date in 1965, the rock band Rolling Stones scored their first US number one in I Can't Get No Satisfaction, which is easily one of their most famous songs, I would think. Probably the song that most people know. So yeah, I don't that's know first number one already. Or... Right, right. Um, secondly, in 1978, this was somebody that I kind of had to look up, but um, World News Tonight premiered on ABC and on this date, and Max Robinson was the first black anchor. So that's a big, uh, Oh. Big um, achievement. Uh, kind of wild because you think '78, you you know, stuff was obviously still tumultuous in this country, but um, seems like it would have happened before then. But um, we're still getting first for Black people and people of all color. So right, right. <laughs> um, in 1981, Disney released Fox and the Hound, one of I put that on there because I was obsessed with that movie as a kid, even though it's kind of um, got its sad parts, but it's really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what else do we have? Escape from New York is kind of an infamous, not infamous, that's the wrong word, but a, a big movie in the, in that time and in, in the 80s and the starred Kurt Russell, young Kurt Russell, um, Ernest Borgnine, who was a big actor in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. and kind of like a sci-fi action film, really interesting movie. So that came out in 81. Um, 1985, I saw this Playboy published new photos of Madonna. And uh, this was, I, I wish I had really looked up into this, but the way it was written, it made it seem like it was something scandalous, but uh, I'm not sure that that was the case. Cause she would have just have been like popping up then in the 80s. Right, right. So. And I think that I think that may have been what it was, is that she was still so new and so young, but yeah, the thing I saw made it seem like it was something scandalous, but I, I don't think that was the case at all. And then um, lastly, the big band Coldplay released their first album, Parachutes, on the state in 2000. And since then, they have been all over the place, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the history. All righty. One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. In addition to our recaps of Westworld and Evil this week, we will preview the return of San Diego Comic Con and what you can expect during that event. And we'll kick things off with this week's What's News. Alrighty, so first up on my list, we have uh, News of the Duffer Brothers. These are the creators of Stranger Things at Netflix. They just recently uh, established their own film production company, Upside Down Pictures, where they'll be planning um, several adaptations at Netflix, as well as some other projects. Um, Of course, they have the Stranger Things spinoff, which will be coming later. They're planning a stage play set in the Stranger Things universe, um, following a different story, of course. And they're planning adaptations of Death Note, the famous uh, anime and Japanese yeah. manga, who, which got a movie a few years ago that wasn't too good, people said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll also adapt Stephen King's The Talisman. Um, which is about a boy who travels to a different world in order to save his mother. And um, that's the book that Lucas was actually reading to Max in this latest season of Stranger Things. So a little, I guess, Easter egg there for what's to come. Okay. So they're going to try to build like an empire over there at Netflix um, for the forthcoming future. They're like the George R. R. Martin to Netflix over there. Yeah. Okay, wow. Um, secondly, Evil was renewed for a fourth season. So the Paramount Plus streaming series will return. Um, I can see it going five seasons, no more yeah. than six, because that's normally the GH for a good show. Yeah, yeah. And 
I don't know. It feels like they, by that time, they'll figure out everything that they need to figure out. Just keep continuing to pushing it would just be, yeah, not great. Right. Right. Uh, I think that's all I have on my list. Okay. Um, yeah, most of mine is, well, some of it's entertainment, but there's a little bit of, I guess, politics in there. But this weekend in the UK, so much shit went down that if you're yeah. American, you're probably a little bit jealous. But um, uh, Boris Johnson, who is the leader of the UK, the prime minister, has announced that he's stepped down from their conservative party as the head of that. And then he will eventually, later on this year, step down from his full position as prime minister. And I guess that would be put to a vote. But um, before he made his announcement, his people in his party were just dropping down, dropping out by like the hour. And it was like two people just... Yeah, you know, I'm I'm done. We're done. Resigning and resigning, and it's crazy. And um, this comes after quite similar to what's happening here, just rising prices with absolutely no mm-hmm. uh, no plan, nothing happening, no way to support the people, and so they're just fed up. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, secondly, uh, we can't seem to get rid of De Chappelle, but uh, sometime. In the last few days, Thursday or early Friday, he was, he had a new little special come on Netflix that's been listed as just like a speech, not a comedy special, but he's somewhere. And I think he was at, if I'm not mistaken, he's, it was at the school, the Duke Ellington School or something. And it's in DC. And um, he was just talking. And then, but look, I guess like one line that stuck out was just like, uh, the high school age kids that came after him, he called them instruments of oppression. And that's that's kind of the one line that stuck out about it. And um, I don't know, he just can't seem to keep himself out of trouble and uh, just kind of keeps digging a bigger hole for himself because of mostly his, uh, the backlash that he got for like the transphobic comments and all that, so. Yeah, he he seems to figure out that that's how he can stir up press so like he just continues to double down on the whole cancellation and you're censoring me and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. right and it's so just tired yeah it's a lot um then lastly um marta kaufman who is a creator of friends has come out and apologize for some of the writing and the way things were handled in the show. Um, One of those issues was in the show, um, Chandler's character played by Matthew Perry. Is that it? Yeah, that's his name. Uh, Is transgender. And in the show, they blatantly and just kind of purposely misgender them. And uh, so Marta Kaufman has come out and, you know, that, that topic's been brought up over the years since the show was on and they've you know, commented on it, and um, she's finally gave like a full-fledged apology. And it's kind of coming at a time where it seems to talk about it now, when everything's happening in the world with trans issues, seems like she's like, I don't want to catch that big, big backlash. Mm-hmm. But um, you hope she's genuine. And then the same thing was she did say that for a show to be based in New York, it would have made sense to have black characters, but there weren't many. So. She donated, I believe, like $4 million to her alma mater, which I can't remember the name of right now, to kind of, um, oh, I wish I remember what she did. I, I can't remember, but she donated it for like Black causes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. It's a $4 million to endow a professorship in this African and African-American studies department. So, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So she's she's definitely trying to make up for some past mistakes. And like she said, she said in, that back then um, f- regarding the transgender issue was that pronouns just weren't something people cared about. She just kept it honest. Like, nobody was thinking about that back in the early 2000s, late 1990s, not like they are now. So Yeah, and I'm sure then it was still played up for jokes mostly because wasn't his, wasn't supposed to be like his father had transitioned? Yeah, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Because yeah. it was Kathleen Turner, I think, who, play, who played his, yeah, his parent. Yeah. yeah, which I totally forgot. Like, I yeah. didn't watch watch Friends, but I do remember that happening. 
Yeah, and in reference to Boris Johnson, it's sort of like politics. It was a crazy week as well because you had the assassination of Japan's former prime minister. Yeah. It's sort of like out of nowhere, allegedly the suspect handmade a gun and yeah that's what it looked like did it because something happened to his wife or like he lost his job or or something occurred under uh, his rule so i guess that was his way of getting justice um it's like we're back in like the 70s man yeah and then you have the whole thing in sri lanka where yeah yeah the public have just taken over the president's home like in in a in absolute defiance of the oppression they're experiencing so and there was just like millions of people at least it looked like millions it probably wasn't probably hundreds of thousands of people just outside of their palace or whatever and they're just like look they can't stop all of us and they just rushed it yeah, yeah. and they're like the the um wealth gap is very apparent like yeah yeah the president has pools and lives in this basically a mansion these folks are living in scum so yeah right yeah so very interesting times very along with that uh, this week we lost quite a few actors um prominently uh gregory eitzen who i would recognize his face for recognize his name um okay. he's a popular tv and film actor he's most known for his role on 24 as Vice President Charles Logan. Um, and I think he usually played like either the unsavory character or villain or something, but um, he was working right up until his o- o- older age. Um, so he was uh, 74. And then uh, Tony Sirico of The Supremacy yeah. passed away as well this week. Um, he played Polly Walnuts on the sixth season uh, series on HBO. Um, he was never nominated for supporting actor, but um, he did win uh, two SAG awards as they won best drama ensemble at this series. So I didn't realize it was only six seasons. So I definitely need to watch that eventually. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> now we're getting to Stranger Things, not Stranger Things, Trailer Things. <laughs> Messed up my own wordplay there. Right. I've got a few interesting trailers, starting with Sony's The Woman King. Uh, This is the film that stars Viola Davis, and it's supposed to be about the Dohemi Women's Army Tribe of Africa and sort of their militant stance against the Europeans. Um, This is sort of like the real-life female warriors at the Dora Milaje in Marvel okay. comics are based on. Yeah. So the uh, movie stars, John Boyega, Davis, um, quite a few popping actresses at the time. Let me make sure I get their names right. Uh, Lashana Lynch from No Time to Die. You have Thuso Medu from um, the Underground Railroad. Sheila Atim from the Underground Railroad as well. Um, the trailer was phenomenal. Like, yeah, I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer, but didn't know much about the story. So, yeah, uh, the Woman King tells the remarkable story of the Ajoy the all-female unit of warriors who protected the African Kingdom of Dahomey in the 1800s with skills and a fierceness unlike anything the world has ever seen. So, this this should be a big hit. It comes out in September. Mm. The only thing, of course, is like they're all speaking English. So, well, yeah, yeah. like African accents. So, but I mean, what you gonna do? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, then we got the first look at Reservation Dog season two, which drops August 3rd. Um, Megan Mullally has joined the cast in some guest role, which is interesting. Um, it looks like we see that. Uh, what was her character's name? Uh, Honora. Yeah. Is on her trek to California along with the other girl while um, Bear and the two other friends, Cheese, and I can't remember the other girl's name, but they're still on the reservation just trying to make ends meet. Um, yeah. Definitely ready for that to return. Yeah, yeah. It's not too far away. Exactly. 
Then we got uh, the trailer for David O. Russell's Amsterdam. Yeah, and while the trailer looked interesting, this got so much flack because David O. Russell is a horrible human being. So Now, that's what I saw online that he's sort of like problematic, but I'm not sure why. What happened? He, it's just kind of his past. He had... Um, uh, oh well, he, there was like a lot of stuff that popped up he, around like the Me Too time. He had stuff like his, I think his own like niece came out and said that he had groped her at one point, and oh. um, yeah, he had different claims of you know abuse here and there, and just how he treated women, people on set. Yeah, I think it was Amy Adams at one point, and Lily Tomlin, and um, even Christian Bell had to come out against him one time. Uh, but yeah, so there was a lot of stuff in, um, yeah. So while people are like, oh, this dude chose a lot of people are like, oh. <laughs> right, because this cast is crazy. Like, yeah, it's nuts. Christian Bell, Margot Robbie, John David Was- Washington, Rami Malek, Robert De Niro, Chris Rock, Michael B. Jordan, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, that's insane. Mike Myers, Zoe Saldana. Like, it's a little crazy. This is giving me yeah. Irishman level. Right. And the thing is, people are always like, well, why do these actors, you know, always go in these movies with these horrible people? But the same guy did Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, back-to-back years. His, his movies make money. Like, right. let's not act like they don't. And let's not act like <laughs> we don't know why. We don't know why they're in these movies with them. So Exactly. My only issue was like, what the hell is the movie about? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think it, I got, it was like a mystery. Is that what you got? Because that's all, I was like. Maybe like with the guy in the coffin and like Bell, Robbie and Washington like becoming these trio. Right. But then there's like drugs, I guess, or. Yeah, it, it was a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, then we got Emily the Criminal that stars Aubrey Plaza. Now, this looked pretty interesting. Um, Aubrey plays Emily, of course, um, a young woman drowning in student loan debt, like every other American. Right. And she's, I guess, she stumbles upon these jobs with this like nefarious group, which is led by Theo Rossi where they sort of like just turn certain jobs, swindle scams to get money. Yeah, yeah. And she takes it upon herself to sort of advance in the career, but you know, things go left. So right. um, this looked really good. It's good to see her um, sort of in this role. She's, she's always been very versatile, but this is something we've never really seen her in that comes out later this year and then i guess as if we needed it i don't know clerks three is coming yeah i i know for a fact i've seen the first one i don't think i've seen the second one but this is kind of one of those films that has like a a cult following so yeah Yeah. kevin smith returns with those people and Rosario Dawson. Like, I don't know any of the actors' names except Kevin Smith and like the guy that plays uh, Jay. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And it's real interesting that um, he has credited Smith for sort of like saving his life several times for a long stretch there. He struggled with uh, addiction really bad. Yeah, yeah. So it's always good to see see people you know that have been struggling back working and healthy again. So hopefully um, it maintains that way, especially with everything going on. Uh, the box office this weekend, Marvel Store, Love and Thunder took the top with 143 million um, and it's about 300 globally. Um, and then A24's Marcel, The Walking Shell or whatever that movie is. Yeah, that Marcel, The Shell and yeah. Shoes or whatever. Yeah. With shoes on, yeah, it actually cracked the top ten, so it's proving to be another hit for A twenty four. So that should be interesting. 
It was like a big thing in like the 2010s, that whole Marcel the Shell or whatever. And I think Jenny Slate has something to do with it. Yeah, I had never heard of it before. So when it felt like it was like a sequel or something, I was like, well, where was the first one or what? Right, right. Where did it originate from? I felt like I was missing something. Yeah. That brings us to our pick six. Uh, we each list the best three things we watched the past week. Um, so what were you getting into this past weekend? Um, you know what? I feel like I watched more, but the only thing I can really remember is the show We Hunt Together. I think last week you mentioned that it had come back on and then two episodes aired and they showed up on my DVR. So I was like, oh, I'll watch them. And I do not remember how the last season ended other than, um, oh God. Baba, who was played by Deepo Ola in the show, was like killed by the police or whatever. That's how it ended. And then the Freddie Lane, who's the big villain, kind of escaped. And so we start with her on this kind of like, um, I don't know, almost like Anna Delvey type press tour. Like we know she's a bad person, but she's also an interesting person. So she's opened up a store. She's giving back to charity for being like wrongfully accused and like the detectives are still after her and whatnot and she hasn't changed a bit but mm. now there's no more baba so she's looking for somebody else to do her Perfect. bidding and she finds it but okay um yeah and but what's good though and like i i texted you the writing is much better because the season is a lot more humorous there's a lot more stories better we don't know everything about what's going on there's not this weird dynamic where she's controlling this guy and um yeah it's just different and okay. for some reason all the episodes are available so yeah yeah because that first season it felt so like not hard but it was just seemed to struggle to decipher exactly what was all right happening um i remember it being a little humorous especially between the cops but like it was just like like where is it going yeah yeah it's it, it they've not got away from obviously the story, but it's definitely much more of a a dramedy than the first okay. season. The first the first season was so do 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 do, but yeah, this season's like, and and I think it's because the they've drawn the detectives not as two strangers anymore. They've known each other. And, oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's see. This weekend we had, well, I watched the season three finale of The Boys over at Prime. Crazy ending. And of course they set up for the next season, which was announced uh, last week that was renewed renewed for a fourth season. Um, they really uh, dug into the parallels of what Trump was during his presidency and that feeling and that sort of mass radicalization happened among a certain populations. Um, it was surprising, I guess a lot of fans were sort of surprised that Homelander wasn't some anti-hero. He's a villain, like he, yeah. he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, look forward to that whenever that comes out. I think they'll probably start in the fall production with that, maybe. I don't know how soon that will come. And then today we got the sixth episode of P Valley entitled Savage. Excellent episode. They've they're doing the past two episodes have done a really good job of exploring uh sort of like intimate social issues um from domestic violence to today mental health, um, especially for those who suffer um childhood trauma and are um experience a prison industrial complex like uh forced um what's it called Solid, solitary confinement and things like that how it affects okay, okay. Um, but yeah episode six had a very strong performance from john clarence stewart um He's a black actor. You may recognize him from Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Yeah. Um, he was also in that show What If on Netflix with um Renee Zellberger. That was kind of weird. 
Um, Hold on. Okay, I'm trying to see his face in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I watched that, so. I think he was the only black guy on there. Yes, if he is, yeah, yeah, he definitely was. Yeah, I, I yeah. know who he is. Okay, he, wow. he actually kind of looks like cousin Nick. Like, <laughs> I can see, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, but um, he did an extraordinary performance in this episode along with Lil Murder, who's played by Jay Alfonso Nicholson or Alphonse Nicholson. Um, yeah, the show's incredible. Like the writing, the directing the blackness of it it's really good and it missed emmy eligibility by like a few days so it probably can't be nominated until the following year unless season one gets nominated this time around i don't know Hmm. but yeah it's one of stars better shows i've heard nothing but good things about it the only backlash and it was stupid was like i guess a few weeks ago there's like a, I guess a male on male scene and people were against it. But yeah. other than that, I've heard nothing but good things. So <laughs> They literally, yeah, that was a one-time thing. They were like, oh, these gay characters from season one are having sex in season two? Right, right. Why wouldn't they? Like right, exactly. in this episode was nothing but straight sex and lesbian sex, but they didn't say nothing about that. Anywho. Right. Uh, that's what I watched uh, this past week. And now we'll take a quick break and return with the rest of the show. Thank you for waiting. We're back and we're going into our no concessions where we have a brand recommends. What are you recommending for us this week? This week, I am recommending the movie Rachel Getting Married. It is on streaming on Netflix, not Netflix, Jesus, on Hulu. Um, I was just scrolling through not too long ago and I saw it. And this is one of uh, my favorite movies and one of my sister's favorite movies. But it's also, at least in my opinion, one of Anne Hathaway's performances that kind of um, kind of showed her, her range. I, I, this came out in 2008, so we knew her from like, you know, the Princess Diaries and Ella Enchanted and the other kind of stuff that she had done. And then she did Brokeback Mountain in 05, but, but something about this one, for me at least, um, kind of changed. And she did Devil Wars Prada and like around that time too. But um, anyways, this movie, she plays, uh, oh God, she plays a woman named, I think her name is Kim, and she is released from rehab uh, just for a couple of days so she can attend her older sister's wedding. And as she does that, she has trouble trying to like get back into the groove of things of talking to people and explaining to relatives and family friends where she's been and everything. And uh, we kind of see through the film that she's always been uh, kind of like a black sheep. And then she turned to substance abuse to kind of deal with that. And there's just a lot of family drama that happens but it's just a really really um strong performance from her and who else is in i think deborah winger's in it um her sister's played by rosemary dewitt which uh, she's been a lot of things but i can't think of any else off the top of my head i recognize that name right yeah and you'd probably recognize her face if you saw her oh yeah uh, she's played like moms and stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh jesus yeah <laughs> I love she has it. Yeah. She was in um what's we called? Little Fires Everywhere. Have you seen that? No, but yeah, I remember seeing her okay. clips. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she but yeah, it's a good movie um on Hulu. I'm not sure how long it is, but uh it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. All righty. And we'll transition to our previously on where this week. We had episode five and episode two of Evil and Westworld, respectively. Um, No, episode six, whoopsie, of Evil, my bad. Which was entitled The Angel of Warning. So this, I think we're mid-season right now with episode six. And we have switched from the book of demons to the book of contemporary angels. So I'm guessing from here on out, we'll have each episode titled after an angel of something. 
Um, a quick uh, summary of the episode, we have David who is attempting to defend Sister Andrea at her psychiatric hearing at the uh, church. Kristen is um, trying to find a way to have her daughters um, sort of stand up to their fears in a sense. Cheryl meets her manager. Yeah. And, and Ben, David, and Kirsten investigate um, an alleged sighting of a mysterious woman who saved a few people from a building collapse, um, which is where we opened. Um, we have a mass casualty event where an apartment building collapsed, very similar to the uh, collapse in Miami that was, what, a year or so ago? That's what it yeah. came to my mind, of course. Um, and David is uh, sort of assigned to a person who says she's survived. And um, he ends up meeting, you know, three more people that said they survived and they were guided by a woman um, shrouded in light, wearing a white gown and carrying a lamb. And they said, yeah. you know, before they could thank her, she was gone. Right. Um, and they believe that this is Sister Mary something. I did not get that woman's last name. Um, but she'll be the sister of the lambs, a Sicilian nun. And they believe that sort of this apparition, apparition sort of helped these people. And they're trying to investigate if this was real or if they sort of like corroborate the story with each other. Right. Um, then we pivot to Sister Andrea's hearing. Um, it opens with uh, Dr. Boggs. That's his last name, right? The, the therapist? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, he's testifying, um, saying that in his review of Sister Andrea, she did confess to seeing demons um and some other things and david you know was attempting to sort of in uh what's it called cross-examination um yeah. sort of put on the table dr bob's own confessions of seeing demons and sister andrea you know prevents that saying she doesn't want to embarrass him um which is which is smart like clearly sister andrea has the purest intentions like she she's yeah. very aware and there's no sort of type of psychological break within her. Um, and David eventually finds a way to sort of make this hearing, uh, I don't know if they take a recess or they go back later, but he prevents a lot of it um, by sort of positioning any sort of sights of angels, demons, Christ himself into question when one um, expert witness says that, you know, seeing Lord Jesus Christ on a lake would be imaginable, unrealistic. Right. And it challenged the very um, priest that's bringing the case against uh, Sister Andrea. So I, I love that scene, especially because it seemed very hypocritical that, you know, priests are allowed right. to have these visions of, of Christ or divinity, whatever, but as soon as it's a nun who is looked upon as sort of like a lower stature in the hierarchy, you know, we want to put them out the pasture. Right, right. And it was all a plan by Leland anyway. Like we know it wasn't of any truth. No, no. And every episode, I think I just get more and more confused about what we're supposed to think of Leland. Like, <laughs> right like he's like, obviously he, playing for the other team but like he's not he's as in the as church he is yeah like, he uh, first season leland would have had no reason to be in this meeting he has a cryptocurrency company he's working with. it's like like what's like what the hell right right and and when you think about it like that he used to say every like Used to say like on Sunday, like the devil comes to church along with everybody else. Right, right. So he's managed to weasel his way into this environment, which I still don't understand. It's like, how? Like y'all aren't dumb, but no, right. Yet he's there. Um, 
Speaking of Leland, I'd love to pivot towards Cheryl's situation. Um, she's doing pretty well at her job and with her new assistant, which Leland was not aware that he had fired the other girl. And um, Leland was going to take credit for Cheryl's work in getting Macabre to $44 a share or whatever. So she demands, you know, to see the manager for promotion. And when she does, she is horrifically surprised that the manager is basically the devil is that what we're like yeah or just like a big demon that's kind of what i got from it yeah. yeah um and she i guess just confirms to her that she is she's working for that i don't know the seven rings of dante i don't know <laughs> right yeah um which i guess i don't know what she thought she was doing before with the shrunken heads and the blood right. like what was what were her assumptions then right like he's already playing with the devil how are you scared now right i guess she hadn't really had concrete evidence or something i don't know but she she seemed to be a bit scared right but is going along with it because she's already in i guess too deep right. um then we have Kristen, who of course macabre is winning because the doom scrolling is working it's affected her daughters um to the point where they have a premonition that something bad is going to happen to their father um and she feels like she she's hearing a voice telling her to what to say watch out yeah yeah when she was in bed yeah i think it was watch out yeah and, and you know she she tries to dismiss it. Her mom sort of reinforces saying, look, girl, you're better off without him. And he's supposed to come home in a few weeks. So we'll definitely see how that plays out. Um, but she only feels sort of this way because a third survivor, alleged survivor of the apartment collapse says she got a call early that morning and heard a voice of a woman's voice tell her to get out. Um, and yeah. she says that she got out in time and escaped the collapse but she also said that the voice eventually told her david don't believe this your sister and they believe that's in reference to sister andrea you know whether she is losing her mind or not whether she's misguiding him with you know his visions um and i really love this because it again sort of made their fights more real because we learned that this third survivor named what was her name uh jessica she in fact was not in the building she wasn't sublet in the building across the street um and she actually worked in the past for leland so yeah. She made her intentions known near the end of the episode that she's on Team Satan. Um, she actually believe believe they were they believe she's something with Munchausen syndrome, sort of like centering herself in the tragedy for um, attention. But she was positioned there for a reason to sort of throw them off their game and sort of you know submit a warning that you know, their team is losing, which was very, <laughs> very ominous. Yeah, um, yeah. While the show isn't scary per se, like, it's creepy enough to make you kind of sit on edge. Because it's steep in, in realism just enough to make you think, oh shit, like, this could happen. Right. It, it always catches, catches me off guard when you see, like, the demonic figures though like i was not expecting cheryl to turn around the corner and see uh a giant demon or whatever on an elliptical machine i wasn't sure right. what to see but i was just like wait what yeah like she's she started like sort of covering her nose from the stench but right i didn't expect that um and one point interesting point of the entire episode was this back and forth that David, Ben, and Kristen end up having with the what's his what do they call him? Mons Monsignor. Monsignor when yeah. it came to seeing angels. So one of the survivors was a black woman of the apartment collapse. 
and she swore she saw a black angel. Yeah. And the pure idea of seeing that was dismissed by the monsieur. Um, he accused them of trying to be political and bring politics into religion. And Sister Andrew did the same thing. And again, it was this very smart inkling of race that I think doesn't get discussed within the church or within that space of religion. Because um, yeah. they was right, like we've been conditioned throughout time to imagine Jesus, any, any deity of good nature as white and relate, you know, blackness to devils, evil, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so just like, you know, in previous seasons, you know, uh, the cop episode, uh, season one where David's in the hospital, like the way they interject race into the show um, is, right. is subtle and real and in ways I've never seen it done before on TV. Because usually it's very by the book, you know, <laughs> connected, right, right. not sort of regular race story, but that, that was a bit different. And I really appreciate it because I've never... I mean, one, I'm not a priest, and I don't see angels and whatnot, right. but it, it was an interesting uh, discussion in the way that David wanted to challenge the church on it, and they just dismissed it. Um, was very telling. But I did appreciate Sister Andrea apologizing and admitting that she was wrong and sort of dismissing right. David's real-life experience. Um, so what did you think overall of this episode? Um, I thought it was pretty good. Honestly, when it first started off, I thought we were going to get one of their more like deepest, maybe like a super dark psychological type of episode because the, um, just something about the way that they kept coming up and saying, you know, this lady came to me too. I was like, oh yeah, this is about to be some good shit right here. But then it wasn't that the episode wasn't good. It just kind of flipped from that. You know, it was kind mm -hmm. of, it took a different route. And, um, but overall, I thought it was good, you know, close up some stories and um, just kind of curious of, you know, what's coming next. But yeah. Yeah. I was, I really thought we may, might have like spent all the time like at the crisis like a little show. Yes. shelter yes, or something like that. Um, I almost was afraid that it was like a school shooting. Like I got very nervous. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just given what's happened recently. But yeah, it was a definitely a good episode. I think it was better than last week's um, and moving the story forward. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm ready for the next one. And then we had episode two of Westworld uh, called Well Enough Alone. This one was more straightforward, sort of laid out exactly what's happening. Um, we meet some more characters that we're familiar with and a lot of deaths. <laughs> yes. Um, we open up with Clementine in somewhere in South America, Central America. Seems like she's been hiding out yeah. and William finds her and proceeds to kill her so um yeah and then he like reconfigures her or whatever because then she ends up like working from him right right she's another yeah. hope she pops up again um right. before we get too deep into it i'm going to do another like uh little summary so we know where each character was so okay. we eventually we see william and clementine they eventually come back around and they are working for uh, Charlotte Hale, AKA the second Dolores, um, played by Tessa Thompson, who she's acting. Like she's, she had what, maybe 20, 15 minutes on screen altogether. Yeah, yeah, not a whole bunch of time, but yeah. Yeah, but she was delivering. Um, Caleb and Maeve have been invited to this party, um, which takes them on an unexpected journey. Uh, Christina investigates uh, this mysterious man who died. Uh, what was that guy's name? Paul Peter Myers. Lord Jesus. Yeah. 
sort of uh, investigating his history and whatnot as it's related to her job. And I think that was about it. Um, yeah, it just keeps going back and forth between those characters. <laughs> um, so as we said, it opens with William and Clementine. He kills her. She eventually comes back. Um, he's looking for Maeve. Caleb and Maeve are on the run. Um, they arrive at someone's estate and um, they're there to meet with a senator and his wife. Yeah. And I love this actor. Um, I just refer to him as her because that's what, that's what they called him on Heroes. Yeah, yeah. Norman. He always plays some kind of... Uh, that guy. Kind of like, yes, yeah. <laughs> Noah Bennett is his name. Yeah. Um, he's most known uh, for playing um, the man in the horn rim glasses on Heroes. But he and the mom from uh, You <laughs> are there, but it turns out they're hosts. Right. And they immediately go on the site to kill Caleb and Mae in a very interesting battle. Um, and we get a little backdrop. It turns out William was there before and already had these hosts in place to kill them, to kill the real ones and take their place. Um, and it turns out they figure out that Senator Ken Whitney, who was played by Bennett, um, he's one of 249 hosts that have replaced their human clones or human originals. Um, and then they find the real... Uh, wife Anastasia and she's sort of slaughtering horses yeah she's like whatever they've done they've completely scrambled her brain or whatever she's just not herself and right yeah. um, and it appears it's all being done with the flies so like yeah um she's they find her and she's slowly like draining the blood of one of her horses and she asks for them to end it and she attacks them so they can basically die by suicide uh, right, right. and they kill her um and then we're back to the metropolis um jim navarro from the justice department shows up to find clem's boss who she's now working for william um, she says you don't have an appointment. She need to come back. He says he'll be back. <laughs> um, and then we come back to Christina. She's taking a sick day to sort of investigate uh, Peter Myers, the man who was sort of stalking her, accusing her of messing with his life narrative. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she was headed to Germany. Is that uh, what it said, or am I wrong? When she was in the car? Yeah. I think she says Jersey. Oh, okay, that makes much more sense. Yeah, I think she's headed <laughs> up to New Jersey. That scene was crazy because the way her boss chimed in, I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. hold on a second. Basically tracking her. Yeah. Like, every move was wild. Um, so she's on her way to New Jersey. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> um to sort of investigate Myers past and she winds up at an abandoned, well, not an abandoned, but like a large, I don't know if it's an orphanage or like a health, a health facility. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there seemed to be a tour group there before she just kind of ducks out of the way. Um, but she discovers that there's a wing there named after Myers which was installed years prior to his death. So now she's obviously confused. And the way she explains this panic to her roommate and her roommate's just like, oh girl, don't worry right. about it. It's like, girl, right. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, not, she's up to no good. Like her roommate right. just sort of like brushed it off with no worries at all. Um, but something is afoot. Um, and she returns back to work and she discovers dead pigeons just all around the office building, which is never good. Like dead birds is always a sign. Yeah, it's like um, top and 10 bad signs. Exactly. 
And then, of course, there's this man, homeless man, speaking of a tower. He's coming from the tower. Um, and she saw drawings of the, that same tower at the facility. Um, and also reading his obituary, she realizes his life was some of the narrative she was creating for Olympiad Entertainment. So it is connected somehow. Um, we get William at the golf course with a politician, some sort of, I don't know if it was a president or a senator, somebody important. Yeah, I think it's a senator. Okay. And oh, I just want to say the guest stars in this episode were excellent. Like for just the roles they're playing, like Noah Bennett for that role. Like you just right. don't get him to go away that easily. Um, but yes, William is talking to the senator, proposing, you know, the return of his business, um, basically saying, you know, basically making the same claim, like eventually you're just going to give me what I want. Right. Um, right. Because you and I both know you want to make money. Um, and William reveals that he's neurodivergent, which um, I guess is important. I don't know. Right. Um, He's basically on the spectrum. Um, but he makes three holes in one. So we're not dealing with a regular, regular homeo sapien here. No. Um, we have Caleb and Maeve dressing up to attend this party. I'm at the opera house. They enter the building. It's totally empty with a, I know it's not a record player. What are those things called? With a big horn. <laughs> oh, God. It's something fun. Is it a gramophone? I think so. Uh, it's yeah. playing like an old song. And once I step onto the platform, it sort of lowers down beneath the stage past the orchestra pit. And there's a long hallway. They walk in and it's a bar. You know, Maeve orders for both. both well, Caleb over, orders for Maeve. Maeve orders for Caleb. They're enjoying their drinks. And then suddenly Maeve realizes what's happening. And they're on their way to Westworld. Um, William has basically dug the entire amusement park up from the dead. Um, and in the, I don't know what you call it, after show about the episode, they talk about how certain moments in the uh, episode mimicked moments in the first episode, how Jimmy Simpson sort of walked down a similar hallway onto the train as he entered uh, the amusement park in season one as um, young William. So there were definitely major callbacks to sort of familiarize people to, to that um, environment. Um, they're escorted by a familiar host that Maeve recognizes, Sophia as she sort of dresses them in their new, um, I guess you call it cosplay? Yeah, kind of, I think you would. Um, and the final touches are their headpieces. Again, another nod to the first episode when uh, Simpsons character is given the cowboy hat, you want a white hat or a black hat, symbolizing you know, a good path, a dark path. Right. Um, and eventually they come to um, the new Westworld, which is the Roaring Twenties. The Golden Age, as William describes it. So Westworld is back online, and I'm sure there's going to be money and morals to be broken and had. Absolutely. Yeah. Who are Mr. and Mrs. Morgan? I have it in my notes. Oh, yeah, those were their their aliases. Their new names in uh, Westworld. Um, and the facility Christina went to was Hope Center for Mental Health. Um, that's where she found the wing dedicated to Peter's memory and the drawings of the tower and whatnot. Um, but the episode, well, it doesn't close, but near the middle of the episode, we're reunited with Hale um, as we realize that she has the real William uh, imprisoned. And her plan is to sort of slowly but surely repopulate <laughs> the country's population with hosts, sort of like yeah. a reversal of what was happening in Westworld. 
onto the human race. And she's already done so with William. So the William we've seen, you know, attacking everyone, looking for Maeve is a host. Um, And I just loved, I just loved Thompson's delivery like her scene she's eating it up like i just yeah she is she's really good at it it was just incredible um and she sort of has william in this sort of crypto chamber very similar to what how they made the uh the hosts yeah Yeah. the white sort of monstrosity things um and in the after show they showed how they basically made that as like a practical device. It wasn't CGI. They basically build a mechanism very similar at closing everything. They just had like a William dummy because you can't, you know, spray that gas on a human right. <laughs> in real life. Um, so yeah, I thought it was an excellent episode. Yeah, no, it was good. And I like the introduction. I'm glad that Westworld is still around because well the middle last season was good and that whole war thing was was kind of interesting this is gonna bring it back to kind of what westworld was and yeah back to his roots basically you know the host versus human right sort of whole conversations morality and what do you do do you have morals if you don't have a soul and so forth very interesting indeed um, some things that stuck out to me, like the fact Christina only had four, six days a year. <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> that sort of took me out. It's like, girl, get a new job. <laughs> so we'll have episode three next week and episode seven of Evil next week as well. <laughs> then finally, our future presentation. So um, San Diego Comic-Con is officially coming back after a hiatus due to COVID. Um, and they put out their preliminary schedule. Uh, the, the event last Wednesday, July 20th through July 24th. I don't believe there'll be virtual. No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, you're like people in the hall can see things and then like outside the hall they sort of stream certain things for those that can't get inside at the event but we'll eventually get things in later details and whatnot i didn't write down everything from this link because it was quite a bit but i just sort of highlighted some things that probably we care about mainly um thursday july 21st um, Abbott Elementary will have a panel with some of the cast and creators. Of course, that's ABC's breakout comedy from Quinta Brunson, which returns, I believe, in September. Yeah. And we'll have the Wednesday night slot previously owned by Modern Family. Um, Tuesday, we'll also get a panel with Severance, uh, creator and cast, um, the thriller series from Apple TV. Definitely will be an Emmy darling this year, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And there'll also be advanced screening for the third season of Harley Quinn, which arrives July 28th, I think. Yes. It was just announced. Love that show. Oh, man, it's so good. It's so funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, July 28th on HBO Max. Uh, then Friday, July 22nd, uh, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power will have a panel. This is Amazon Prime's Super expensive series based on um, the Lord of the Rings world. It'd be years before the events of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and whatnot. If I'm not mistaken, I think they have like a, I don't think you can watch the first episode, but I keep seeing something on Amazon Prime where it's like a, like a sneak peek or something um, for this show. So I'm not sure what that is, but I know if you go on Amazon Prime, it's kind of on one of the, the banners that goes okay across. maybe they'll show like a clip or something or release yeah. something that day yeah that's what i think it is it's probably just like a, a couple minutes clip yeah um then marvel studios animation will have their day that friday as well <clears throat> and they will reveal uh first looks at their revival of the x-men 90s animated series entitled x-men 97 it'll basically be a continuation of 
wherever that story left off back then. Uh, we'll have our first look at Marvel Zombies, which is an animated um, story, basically picking up from the What If uh, episode right. last year. And we'll have the first look of What If season two. So big things coming from Marvel Studios Animation. And finally, again, Amazon will have a preview of their upcoming series, Paper Girls, which is based on a comic uh, for teenage girl, newspaper delivery girls, sorry, um, wind up traveling back and forward in time and they eventually meet their future selves as adults. Mm. So it's like a little bit of Stranger Things, a little bit of... I don't know, girl power. I don't know what, she, what to call it. Right, right. Um, but it looks pretty interesting. <clears throat> and I think that premieres next month. Okay. Or later this month. Saturday, July 23rd. There's quite a bit going on. Cartoon Network will have their panel. Um, they'll be discussing a lot of new shows, some shows regarding their cartoony or cartino. It's like their preschool. Yeah. Thing that they've been pushing a lot. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Eva will have a screening and I think a discussion with people from the cast. I'm guessing this is like a look at the episode that will be probably premiering that Sunday. Okay. We have uh, panels for Black Adam and Shazam Fury of the Gods. Um, Black Adam, of course, is the big film starring The Rock. Um, as the DC Comics character, and then Shazam, Fury of the Gods is a sequel of the Matt Levi film Shazam, which wasn't too bad. I enjoyed it. It definitely gave like 90s kid vibes. Okay. Um, HBO's House of the Dragon will also have a panel that day. Um, maybe some exclusive clips and discussion with cast creators. AMC will have a panel for their interview with the vampire adaptation. Um, they actually got the rights to a quite a bit of bit of Anna Rice um, books before her death. So they're doing a lot of projects regarding her inter uh, vampire universe. It's oh, interesting. Netflix will have a exclusive look at the Sandman, uh, which is coming later that fall. This is the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's um, graphic novel about Greek mythology and whatnot. And then the Marvel Cinematic Universe will have a panel at 5 p.m. So Kevin Feige, of course, will be there to reveal whatever's coming in phase five um, and film and TV. So definitely have your alerts on that day because a lot of news is going to be coming out. I didn't really find much for Sunday. I, I'm sure the schedule will update more as the date gets closer. Yeah, um, so. Was there anything that you saw that stood out to you? Uh, pretty <laughs> much the same things that you said. Of course, I saw something about Bob's Burgers and that'd be an interesting panel just to kind of hear what they have to say now that they've put out a movie, see how that reaction's been. Um, on the 24th, there is, which we'll call it, What We Do in the Shadows, which I watched. That would be a funny panel for um, for the most part, I didn't know anything about the Anne Rice stuff. So that'd be interesting because AMC, uh, they take on, I won't say they take on weird shows, but they make really good non-cheesy sci-fi shows. Like, yeah. um, oh God, I can't think of another one. I could, the other one it has to do with witches, but anyways, it, it's really good. It's still on, but, um. No, yeah, honestly, most of what you say. Oh, I was gonna say they're very bold in the in the series that they yeah. pick up, which they I really are. Yeah. Um, but um no, that's really it. Yeah, that's basically what I saw too. Um like Sunday, they'll have you know panelists or storytellers from Apple TV as well, along with the For All Mankind panel. Riverdale is going to have something for its okay. last season. I can't believe that show is so long. Yeah. I, now they've got like, didn't, did you see me something about Jughead, Jughead having like superpowers or something? Or did I see Yeah, that? the whole season, like everyone had powers. <laughs> like what? I guess Sabrina is coming back 
as well from um, the Netflix series. Yeah. She sort of cameoed earlier in the season, so she's coming back. Um, yeah, I really think one. I think the Luke Perry thing really sort of disturbed her happening. Yeah. yeah, they weren't expecting that. No one was expecting that, so that really shook the writers. And then like the fact that they just kept going, like the story ran out, like it just got really ridiculous. So I'll be happy to see it sort of come to an end. Um, I think that's it for Comic-Con. It'll be interesting to see what all comes out. And that week is always sort of chaotic on the newsreel. It's just blast after blast after blast. <laughs> So, uh, what will you be streaming for the weekend? Um. Oh God, I didn't even look that up. Hold on a second. You go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't about that part. Wasn't sure either. Um, I've I've missed a couple of shows because I'm waiting on a new debit card, and oh. since then Hulu hasn't been paid, so like I haven't been able to see anything next day or on Showtime. So I'm a little behind there. But um, where the crawdance scene comes out this weekend, so oh, wow. oh, I don't know if that's a wide release or not, though. I don't know what I forgot all about that. Yeah, um, well, tonight, United Shades of America with W. Kamau Bell comes back. I that's always it's really good. He's Mm. He's, they somehow make it like every episode is hitting on stuff that we're currently talking about so I know a lot of well, well the preview has him talking to somebody about the whole critical race theory and I just cannot wait to see right to hear people's take on that just Jesus Christ but um honestly I don't know probably just catch up on some new stuff I'm sure I'll randomly come across something they'll find interesting and probably watch that so yeah there's of course, there's still stuff to catch up on that I haven't caught yes. up on, but someday, you know, it will happen. Right, right. Not any day soon. Um, I do need to watch Dark Winds. I think it's the final episode. Um, it's been really good, and I'm glad it got renewed because it's, it's an important series uh, and story to be told. That concludes this episode. Uh, Catch us next week as we will discuss the Emmy nominations, which will be announced July 12th. We'll, you know, configure who should win, who will win, and everything in between. Until then, keep on streaming. Peace.